ever felt that you were given harsher or more lenient treatment than someone of the opposite sex? Did you think it was done consciously or unconsciously? Are we still raising and praising girls to think that people in powerful positions are likely to be male? Do you find it harder to negotiate with someone of the opposite sex or doesn't it make a difference? Are women's fertility cycles connected to the sort of men they're attracted to? Are sexy women, in inverted commas, judged more harshly or more leniently than neutral women? And what on earth has all of this got to do with creating the life you want? Gender bias is the topic of this week's podcast and we're going to talk about how it affects women's ability to have a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to the Really Useful Psychology Podcast, where every week we talk about how at least one idea or new study in psychology can affect our happiness, health and productivity. Each episode we will explore psychology in real life and psychology behind the news stories and headlines. I will sift lovingly through what's new, what's working and what we still don't understand. And you'll have it in one gorgeous, shiny podcast each week to consume at your leisure. I'm your host, author and teacher, Vicky Newham. If you're interested in human thought, feeling and behaviour, and let's face it, why wouldn't you be? You are in for a treat. So let's get on with the show. I'm continually reading about people feeling they have to choose between meeting their responsibilities and pursuing their desire for a meaningful life. It's something I've experienced myself and seen many friends struggle also. And it affects women more than men. This episode, we're going to think a bit about why that might be and what we can do about it. So buckle up and get ready for a guided tour through social and evolutionary psychology. hearing about women suffering gender discrimination, sadly, and usually it involves them receiving treatment or conditions that are less favourable than men. However, there are also studies which show that the opposite is the case, at least at surface level. Oh, you say? Well, that makes it okay then, does it? Actually, no. Because when women are treated more favourably than men, there are almost always negative consequences for them. One example is a new study which shows that men and women receive different types of performance reviews at work. Women are more likely to be told little white lies in their performance reviews 
and they are more likely to be given feedback which inflates their performance and which is kinder. Another study found that when participants were marking essays with names on them, they gave more favourable scores to female students, despite saying that they rated males and females in exactly the same way. The rating itself is interesting, but it's even more fascinating that it appears to be due to an unconscious gender bias. Why might women be treated more kindly in these situations? We'll consider that next. Why are women sometimes treated more leniently than men? Explanations in psychology tend to fall into two camps. They're either evolutionary explanations or ones which consider social and gender norms. The latter examine stereotypes. For example, women are perceived to be less confident than men. So one explanation for why they may be given more favourable performance reviews and essay marks could be that they're judged using a different benchmark. What do you think about that? What does it suggest about the way that men and women are perceived? Does it, for example, suggest that women aren't able to take the truth and therefore need to be lied to? Another stereotype is that women are still seen as being what's called low-powered. And the suggestion here is that giving constructive feedback to women is really rather pointless because they're not going to benefit from it much and it's just going to be causing unnecessary distress. I don't know about you, but I find that patronising and absolutely infuriating. One of the problems with these stereotypes is that they generally exist out of conscious awareness. And the problem with this is that it means they are really difficult to challenge and change. What do we know about when gender gaps start emerging? There's a huge amount of debate in psychology about when gender gaps begin and how they develop. So let's take the first first and look at them in the context of negotiation skills. Negotiation skills are what males and females ask for respectively when they're negotiating. This is quite a specific example of gender differences, but it's one that's laden with implications for relationships and jobs and you name it. A recent study assessed this in children between the ages of four to nine years old and they found that between the ages of four and seven there were no significant differences in what they asked for. But once they reached age eight, girls requested less, particularly when the person they had to negotiate with was male. Interestingly, this finding is the same in adults. Grown women continue to ask for less when they're negotiating with a man. 
The study also showed that persistence in negotiating decreased as the girls got older. So what's going on here then? Psychologists still don't fully understand the dynamic. This is partly because there are so many potential explanations which are hard to measure accurately and reliably. For example, given there's no difference in what girls ask for when they're negotiating with a female, why do they find it more difficult when they're faced with a man? Is it that they find it more difficult? Or is it that they've been raised and praised to see men as having more power? It would suggest that we are still raising and praising women to see men in this way as decision makers, the providers, and we are programming girls via social norms to take a one down role where they are unable to ask for what they want and need. Next, we're going to look at what evolutionary theory can tell us. What can evolutionary theory tell us about gendered behaviour? One question which has been explored for decades is how women's ovulation cycles affect their sexual behaviour and who they are attracted to. This is absolutely fascinating because it has a number of huge implications which will become obvious in a moment. A very common belief is that during their fertile periods, women are interested in males who show dominant masculine behaviours and traits. And the reasoning for this is that they, these are indicators of good genes. Dominant behaviour can very easily become aggressive behaviour. And evolutionary psychology tells us that women can easily confuse the two or overlook the aggressive behaviour because they're programmed to see both as a sign that the man in question will be a good provider and therefore a good person to reproduce with. Let's look at this then. A recent study found that women between the ages of 18 and 35 found men more attractive in the fertile period of their cycle. Their attraction was indicated by them saying that the prospect of a short or long-term relationship with the man was appealing. One of the reasons why this finding is important, and it's a robust finding in psychology, is because it could explain why some women are attracted to aggressive and violent men and why they stay with them. In evolutionary terms, it makes perfect sense. To be clear, I'm not suggesting for one moment that gender-based violence is acceptable. I'm simply saying that in basic, privative terms, it has evolutionary significance because dominant male behaviour 
is seen as a market marker of good genes. Now, this doesn't work at a conscious level. It is absolutely not the case that women look at a male displaying such behaviour and think, ah, yes, he's got great genes. It's something which is so hardwired into our biochemistry that it has a momentum and motivation of its own. We can't have a whole podcast episode without talking about what's going on in the brain. So that's up next. What's going on in the brain when people engage in gendered behaviour or experience gender stereotypical beliefs? A recent study showed that women who were wearing sexy clothes and makeup were seen by men as sexier but less intelligent and less capable of what's called agency, doing things for themselves and getting things sorted out, than women who were wearing non-sexy clothes. In this study, they were comparing women who wore standard office clothing and non-revealing sportswear and women who wore short skirts, high heels and makeup. When the researchers studied the brains of the male participants using functional MRI, they found less activity in parts of the brain that are associated with empathy and emotional pain. When they were watching sexily dressed women getting left out of a game. In other words, the women were having a hard time or were being treated unfairly. So what could this tell us about the perception of women who wear supposedly sexy clothes. This reminds me of studies that show beautiful women often get more lenient sentences, except where it seems that they have exploited their looks to pull off their crime. In the latter scenario, they tend to get much harsher sentences. And I'm wondering, for example, whether there's an element of this going on in the reduced empathy that was shown towards the sexily dressed women in this brain scan study. It's also interesting to note that it wasn't just the males who show reduced empathy for women who were dressed sexily. The women did too. Does that change things? Or could it be that the antipathy is linked to the belief or suspicion that somebody is trying to exploit their looks? Another fascinating area of gender bias is in the way that people respond to patients' distress. This can be seen in how pain is responded to in women and men respectively. 
The stereotype here is that women are more expressive than men and the suggestion is often that they are over expressive and therefore likely to be exaggerating their pain. Men on the other hand, according to the stereotype, are seen as stoic and therefore when they say they're in pain they tend to be believed more easily. In a brand new study, researchers found that male and female observers rated women's pain as less intense than males and they were more likely to suggest that the women would benefit from psychotherapy. So here we have women not being believed. In the first study we looked at, we had women being lied to. So what's going on? Well, if it were just males who were rating the pain of females in less sympathetic terms, it would be gender bias. But given this wasn't the case, does it constitute a gender bias or is it simply a gender difference? What do you think? Let's turn our attention now back to gender in the workplace. A brand new study published just this month found that leadership endorsements are often different for men and women and also affect them differently. A leadership endorsement is when positive things are said about a new CEO when they're appointed and introduced to the workforce. It's the norm when introducing male CEOs to summarise their successes and competencies. And the gender neutral equivalent would be to do the same. Now, the researchers studied 91 female CEOs who were appointed to top US companies between 1995 and 2012. And they found that when women were given similar leadership endorsements, so emphasising their successes and competencies, it could make their work life more difficult. In addition, it often shortened the time they spent in that role. How can we explain this? Gender norms tell us that Competence, confidence and ambition tend to be seen as stereotypical male leadership qualities. And when women display them or are judged as doing so, it can produce negative reactions towards them because they are acting in contradiction with gender norms. The study also found two other interesting things. When a woman received a success and competency based endorsement, this was even more likely to correlate with shorter time in the role of CEO when they were A, promoted internally and B, when the company had a lot of female executives. However, there was no such correlation for the male CEOs. 
How then do we counter this sort of gender bias? Should women be introduced in terms of their cooking skills, their husband, their children, so as not to evoke hostility? Or should the gender neutral approach be pursued, even if it exposes women to a negative backlash? What's your view? Last but not least, we're going to finish with role juggling and how that affects men and women. Do you have to juggle work and home life? Balancing roles and responsibilities is quite complex in psychology because it has behavioural as well as emotional components. A recent Dutch study found that women are not just better role jugglers, they are also more likely to offer emotional support to their partner when they get home after a hard day than men are. The men in the study confirmed that their partners had indeed been supportive and they admitted offering their partners less emotional support after they had had a hard day. What's interesting about this study is that the researchers also looked at how heavy home demands affected participants' behaviour at work. Men with heavier home demands provided less emotional support to their co-workers whereas women offered more in both work and home settings. We're nearly at the end of this week's show. Do you think we're making progress in the area of gender stereotypes and discrimination? Given it's difficult enough for anyone to combine responsibilities with pursuing what makes them happy, how on earth are women meant to do this when they have all these additional barriers to contend with? If you'd like to learn more about how you can create a meaningful life without neglecting your responsibilities, hop over to my website, vickynewham.com forward slash courses and grab my free mini course. That's vickynewham.com forward slash courses. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, do subscribe and tell your friends. It really makes a difference. I'll be back with the really useful psychology podcast next week, looking at another fascinating example of psychology in real life. Yeah.